your pens and papers. How many of you are just hungry for the Word? I am so hungry for God's Word. I just love God's Word. Amen. The, the entrance of His Word brings light. Amen. So it is the illumination of our life. God's Word illuminates our path. I want to start at 1 John 3, 7 through 9, just to backtrack a little bit. Then we're going to jump right into tonight. And the thing is about Agreement Sunday is I believe that we can get up here and agree. The Bible says, is any of you two of you touch anything and agree, it'll be done of our Father. And I believe that. But I want to sustain my blessing. I want this year to be a full year. I want this year to have, I want to have life without limits. I, you know, I want to write that down. I just, I, if, if, you know, maybe tweet that so I can keep it on my record. Life without limits. I'm believing God this year, 2015, to have life without limits. I believe we're going to have prosperity because he said he'd give us life and that more abundantly. That's a life without limits. Uh, uh, unlimited health. Come on. Amen. 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 I saw that guy on that, on that book. I told you about that guy on that book. I, 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 you know, because, uh, you know, self-examination is what we talked about this morning. And I read this book. This guy's like 80 years old, and he looks like a bodybuilder. I mean, the guy is incredible. Muscles everywhere. Have you all seen this picture of this guy? He's got a book out. You know, he's got testosterone therapy and all that and all that. But anyway, he's got this book out. And the first thing he does is have you do a self-evaluation. And his self-evaluation is go buy a pair of spandex and stand in a mirror. <laughs> Y'all, I did it. I actually did it. I actually went and bought me a pair of spandex and stood in front of a mirror. And I, you don't get a visual right now. Please don't get a visual. But I, 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 it was instantaneous. I understood immediately that I was not healthy. Amen. I want health without limits. I want to get to the point. I mean, if I could be 80 years old with muscles and look that good, I want it. A life without limits. Amen. That I can enjoy. I mean, prosperity without limits. Amen. Blessing without limits. Health without limits. Beloved, I wish above all things. God has said to us, one of his highest priorities for you and I is to live a life without limits. Blessed from the top of our head to the soles of our feet. My God shall supply all my needs. That didn't just say financial needs. It didn't just say physical needs. It talked about social. It talks about psychological. It talks about mental. God wants to supply every single need in your life. Maybe you're without tonight. Maybe you, maybe you are believing God for a marriage in your future. God wants to supply all your needs by his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. I mean, whatever your need is, God wants to supply it. Say amen. amen. You don't have to live a life with limits. You can live a life with no limits. 1 John 3, 7 through 9 tells us something about this. We began and we talked about self-evaluation. And so here it says, he that doeth. Listen, little children, no man, let no man deceive you. Listen, this is a strong statement. Don't get deceived. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the beginning. For this purpose... The Son of Man was made manifest that he might destroy the works of the devil. Yes, it's sickness. Yes, it's disease. Yes, it's poverty. Yes, and it is sin as well. God wants to destroy the sin in our lives. Somebody say amen. amen. And so God says that. And then he goes on to say this. Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin. For the seed is in him or remains in him, and he can't sin because he's born of God. And we said the original Greek here means this, that the seed is God's word, meaning this, that whosoever is born of God does not commit sin, for the giving heed of the word of God, or the giving heed to the word of God remains in him. The word of God remains in him. The word of God remains in him. It is the word of God that preserves. Somebody say Amen. It's not the idea that you can't sin. 
The idea is, is that you can overcome sin. Somebody say amen. God said you can overcome sin. Amen. What the law, what we could not do without the Holy Spirit, we can do with the Holy Spirit. You and I are capable of overcoming, living and overcoming life. Somebody say amen. amen. He that doth, it doesn't say he that confesses. We said that we've reduced things to mere confession. But it isn't just mere confession. There are lives that we live, things that we do. And so he said not just confession, but he that doeth. Say doeth. Jesus came to destroy the sin nature. Jesus came to destroy sin. See, today we want to paint and coat over. We want to rewrite the Ten Commandments. We want to act like sin doesn't exist, but it does exist. And we are supposed to overcome it. We're supposed to fight it. We're supposed to stand against it. Somebody say amen. amen. And I want to encourage you, get the CD. I plan to give it out to everyone who comes next week. I believe it was that potent. The seed is the Word of God. And it says this in Psalms 119, 9-11, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his ways? By taking heed according to the word. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Say with my whole heart. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against thee. It is the word. It is the commandments of the Lord. If you love me, follow my commandments. And God gives us the power through His grace. He empowers us to do it. We must accept the responsibility to keep the seed and to protect the grace in our life. Let me say that again. We must accept the responsibility to keep the seed and to protect the grace of God in our lives. We must accept the responsibility to keep the seed and to protect the grace of God in our lives. The Word of God is a sanctifier. It sanctifies us and it burns out the chaff, the Bible says. It burns the rubbish out of our life, the dirt, the grime. So the Word is that which burns out the mess. When we have and we've kept the Word, when we keep hold to the Word, then we will remain in a position of grace actively working in our life to thwart sin being present. Somebody say amen. And so doing of righteousness... God wants us to do righteousness. 1 John 3.10. In this the children of God are manifest. Say in this. The children of God are manifest. Our vision. How do we see them? How can we recognize? He said in this. What in what? He said that we're recognized and the children of the devil. So we can see the difference between the children of God. And the children of the devil. What is the difference? Here it is. Whosoever doth not righteousness is not of God. Isn't that amazing? I know all that teaching is out here today. I know that it's been said. But they've negated. They've walked away from all the scriptures of the Bible. You must have scripture to back up scripture. Somebody say amen. Amen. It's pretty clear to me. He said in this The children of God are recognized. In this, the children of God can be seen, manifested. And the children of the devil, he that doeth righteousness is of God. And he says, whoever doth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. See, it's easy for all of us. I could say this, and people would accept it very clearly. I'd say, if you don't love your neighbor, you're going to miss heaven. And everybody in here would go, yeah. You could go to every good, every good, once saved, always saved church and preach that. But if you go in there and say, you know, if you're living in adultery, now you can't pick your battles. You don't pick cherry pick. Somebody say amen. In this are the children of God made manifest, and in this are the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth. The enforcement of the finished work of God is your accomplishment of it. Somebody ought to shout out amen. Amen. God expects us to live a righteous life because we are the righteousness of God. 
you are the righteousness of God in Christ, you must enforce that righteousness in you. You are the healed of the Lord. Today, every person that knows Jesus and has received him as Lord and Savior of your life, the moment you received him, you received all of him. You did not receive a portion or a part. You received all that he is. He cannot be separated into healer, blesser, deliverer. He is healer, blesser, and deliverer. He's all of those things. When you receive him, you receive healer, prosperer, and savior. Somebody ought to understand what I'm talking about. And so the moment you received him, you received your salvation. The moment you received him, you received your healing. See, if you don't understand this, you're going to miss a big point. The moment you received him, you received healing for every disease and every sickness that may attack your body. The moment you received him, you received all your needs met. Every need. Why then does sickness stay? Why then is our checkbook empty? Because we have not enforced the reality of the finished work of Christ. We realize that he's our healer, but we have not made him our healer. We have not enforced it. We must enforce the finished work of Christ. He that doeth righteousness is of God. You see, God wants us to live a life that exemplifies and identifies him. And our righteous life is the identification of him in our life. Somebody ought to say amen. amen. Doing righteousness. First John 3.10. Self-examination is then, can be said this way, self-examination is the application of grace. We apply the grace of God through self-examination. Just like the boy in that prodigal son, having seen all that he saw, been all through he'd been through, heard all that he heard, until he came to himself. Until he examined his situation, realized and, and made a self-examination to come to self-discovery, he could not get free. And for us to get free, we must do a self-examination resulting in self-discovery, resulting in true repentance and acceptance, and then resulting in full restoration. Somebody ought to say amen. God wants you and I to be fully restored. To what? What is it that we're being restored to? Where we were before? No, we're being restored to where God had us before. Yeah. Somebody ought to say amen. See, when you go into heaven, there is no sin. When you go into heaven, there is no sickness. There will be no poverty in heaven. There won't be a street corner, and on the other side of the street will be the huts. I remember I went to the Philippines, and when I got over there, and these boys would remember, we sent them over. We went over the Philippines. <coughs> when I got over there, I got off the plane. And when you drive out into the, into the neighborhoods, the church where we went to is in this very affluent, gated neighborhood. It's amazing. There's millionaires living right there. And the city is full of huge buildings with people. And they make good money living in beautiful apartments. There are beaches galore there that are some of the finest beaches in the world. And you can leave the gates of the gated community and drive past people eating out of trash cans. Begging for money and cars. Heaven's not going to be like that. You're not going to get to heaven and have the rich side and the poor side. Somebody ought to say, there is no poverty there. And so God wants to restore us to his position that he originally intended. For us to live in heaven on earth. Somebody say amen. Say amen. This is your year. <laughs> I declare it over you. This is your year. This is your year. Oh, shumrakatalahashtapara. Rombo koronomre. This is your year. You ought to take that right there. Just take that. You're right, Pastor. This is my year. I receive that right now. This is my year. This is my year of recovery. This is my year of discovery. 
This is my year of full restoration. Ha, ha, ha. Whoa. Woo. Fully restored. Hey. This is my year. He said he would give me the desires of my heart. Oh, ha ha ha. Oh, I could just as easily preach in tongues right now. This is my year for full restoration. This is my year to see my healing come around. This is my year for my bank account to fill up. This is my year for my marriage to turn around. Oh, hallelujah. You see, there's a scripture that says this in Matthew 23, 26. If you wash the inside of the cup, the outside will be clean also. If you wash the inside of the cup, the outside will be clean also. I remember when we were living in New Zealand. My mom and I went witnessing. We were going around the neighborhoods, and she, we used to like go door to door. They'd go in teams of two, and so my mama took me. I was just a little boy. It was kind of, I don't know why, but she took me. And so we got into this house and knocked on the door, and I remember the lady opened the door and invited us in and said, would you like a cup of tea after we witnessed to her a little while? And we said, sure. So she reached over on the table and grabbed a cup, an already used cup. You know, you, you, some of you have never been on the mission field. I'm going to tell you something. It's, not, it's a different world out there. It had a ring in it, a coffee ring on the inside of the cup. Let me tell you right now, it didn't matter what was on the outside. She poured coffee in the cup, put the cream in and sugar, and handed us the cup. The outside was clean, but the inside, I knew what was on the inside. How many understand? I'm not drinking the cup. I'm not, we just sort of, you know, you know, you just, you know, amen, you know, I'm done. I, no amount of praying was going to work for me. I could bless it, but I'm not drinking it. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? But, you know, there might be some spots on the outside if the inside is clean. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's a whole big, it's a so he says this in Matthew. He says, if we'll clean the inside of the cup. See, God wants us to clean the inside of the cup. That's what righteousness does. It cleanses the inside, and the outside is cleansed by the cleansing of the inside. But see, if we never instruct people in righteousness, if we never inform them of what we can tell them they can get saved, but they get saved from what? Many people are, are lost as to what is it that they come to the Lord, they've been told to say yes to Jesus, but they haven't been told to say no. You can't just say yes to Jesus and not say no to the world. I wish somebody would shout amen right there. You cannot serve to. God expects us to accept one, yes, but no to the other. Somebody ought to shout amen right there. I preach, that's good. Ah! We must reject the other. We must know what to reject. There must be a knowledge. And there's a reason for this knowledge. Righteousness is an important part of our life. Because God wants you and I to live. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper. I can't speak for you. Guys, I can't speak for you. There's nothing I can say about you. But I'm telling you, as for me and my house... I pray to God you have the same amount of indignation that I have towards the world and the devil today. That you understand. I may be pointing. I'm going to hold my hand. I'm not pointing. It's improper. Listen to me. As for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. If you're not blessed, I can't help it. I know I'm going to be. If you're not going to live in health, I'm sorry for you, but I know I'm going to. I made up my mind. If you don't want to walk with me, you can hang on to my coattails for a little while, but I'm walking on. 
I'm not waiting on you. I'm not holding back. I'm going on. I want all that God has. This is my year. This is my year. This is my year to be debt free. This is my year to pay off them credit cards. This is my year to move on up the ladder. This is my year. Yo, I could just preach in tongues. I'm telling you, I'm so far over. I know that you don't understand that, but this is my year. This is my year. Whoa. I feel like I'm just going to fall over. I'm pregnant with something. Hallelujah. We are cleansed from within. The outside must obey. The outside must obey. We are cleansed from within. And the outside must obey. What are the values of righteousness? The first one, write this down. The first one. These are the benefits of practicing righteousness. The benefits of practicing righteousness. One. Everything answers to the practice of righteousness. Everything answers to the practice of righteousness. 1 Timothy 4, 7 and 8. But refuse profane and old wise fables. And exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having the promise of the life that now is and that which is to come. So, our redemption and righteousness living causes everything to answer to the practice of godliness. When we practice righteousness, not only does heaven answer, but so does the world. All that you need in your life answers to the practice of righteousness. Somebody get what I'm talking about. All things, verse 7 says, exercise, meaning practice, practice, exercise your godliness. If you don't know what that is, I feel so sorry for people. They don't, they've never been taught what that is. They come to the door, they open the door, they walk through in salvation, but no one has ever instructed them in righteousness. And the Bible says we are to, the Bible, the word of, the very word of God was given to reprove, rebuke, and instruct in righteousness. We can't leave people idle not knowing that what they're doing is not right. And you can't just rewrite the Ten Commandments to satisfy your problem. Somebody ought to shout out amen. I'm disgusted by that. It's time that we stand back up and preach doctrinal truth. Somebody say amen. Not only for the life that is to come, but the promise of life that is now. Many things are standing in our way, and they all answer to the practice of righteousness. Doesn't it say that? All things, all things, the things that are standing in your way answer to the practice of of righteousness. Is godly living or righteous living or the practice of righteousness important? Yes. Because all things answer to it. Amen. And without it, you don't have the answer. When you live ungodly, when you don't follow the commands of the Lord, if you love me, I know somebody said there are no commands in the Bible. That's hogwash. The Bible says if you love me, follow my commandments. Preachers ought to read their Bible before they get up and preach. You ought not to be in the pulpit if you don't know the word. I'm preaching real good. Follow my commandments. So there must be some. 
Many things are standing in our way that will answer to righteous living. The practice of godliness. Your absolute fulfillment here requires. For you to have absolute fulfillment here, it requires you to practice godliness. The practice of righteousness. It answers here. Number two. The practice of righteousness guarantees thorough access in prayer. It guarantees thorough access in prayer. Psalm 66, 18. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. I know that everybody says, well, God hears every prayer. The first prayer he hears from any person is get saved. Lord, come into my heart. Your, your confession of him is Lord. Before you confess him as Lord, you're just praying to the wind. I know. People are like, what, what, what? He hears every prayer. The first prayer he hears, he says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. Okay, I know you don't like that one. Look how quiet it got. What? If I have pornography in my life, the Lord will not. Righteous living, the practice of righteousness, guarantees thorough access in prayer. It takes the barriers out between you and God. Somebody say amen. amen. I didn't write that. Some, some are staring at me like I just taught some false doctrine. I didn't write that. You can read that for yourself, can't you? Look, look, look what it says. If I regard iniquity in my heart, the habitual, continual practice of sin means it is unrepentant. It is regarded iniquity in your heart. You're not cleansed. It does not say if I made a mistake. It says if I regard or keep iniquity in my heart. There is a position of righteous living, a desire to be like him that causes you to put away, lay aside every weight and sin that does so easily beset us. There has to be a yearning towards God instead of a position away from God. Many have looked for a nebulous place with no meaning to it where they accept it through confession, but they have no righteous living. It will not work. Amen. Somebody say amen. amen. So righteousness guarantees thorough prayer access or access in prayer. The Lord hears our prayer when our hearts are right. Iniquity is a separation from God. We must clear the barriers between us. Clear the way. The hand of the Lord is not short. He wants to hear. He wants his ears, not deaf. But something can stand in the way. Number three. Number three. Righteousness qualifies you. The practice of righteousness qualifies you for the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. The practice of righteousness qualifies you for the fresh outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Proverb 123. Turn you at my reproof. Behold, I will pour out my spirit unto you. I will make known my words unto you. I will make known my words. I will pour out my spirit. So righteousness or the practice of righteousness is a turning towards God. When God reproves us and he rebukes us, it is the turning of our life towards him. That's why when we look at the word repent, the Bible says repent that your sins may be blotted out. Repent. He uses the, the word repent means to make a 180 degree turn. Turn towards repentance. Some people make a 360. <laughs> You don't need to make a 360. I don't know if anybody got that, but that was pretty good anyhow. Turn. 
Listen, let's read this again so you can get it. He says, turn at my reproof. When God deals with you, when you're standing there about to commit the thing. How many know what I'm talking about? Come on, you know. And it ain't like you got the devil on one side and God on the other. That's a bunch of hooey. Listening to voices and the devil made me do it. No, in your heart, the Bible says every man is drawn away by his. It comes from within. If you cleanse the cup inside, the outside will be clean as well. Every man is drawn away by his own lust. And when the lust conceives, it brings forth sin. So the turning is inside. Somebody ought to say amen. When you turn, when you respond favorably to correction and instructions of the Lord, fresh challenges occur daily. How many know what I'm talking about? They require fresh anointing daily. Fresh challenges occur daily. And they require fresh anointing. You can't live on yesterday's anointing. You need fresh anointing today. Right now. And the only way for fresh anointing to come in your health. Fresh anointing to come in your ministry. In your marriage. Is to turn. Every time God deals with us. What does he say? When we are reproved. When we turn. Behold. I will pour out my spirit. For your fresh challenge. I will pour out my fresh anointing. Somebody ought to say amen. His mercies are new every, I need a fresh anointing right now, right this minute. I need it right this second. When I wake up in the morning, I want the jug, amen. Pour it out, pour it out. I don't know if anybody in this place is getting what I'm talking about. I don't want to play church. I didn't come to play church. I'm not playing games. When I get in that car, I want that jug poured on me. I want the fresh anointing of God. Every time God reproves me, I turn. Every time God I turn. Every time I'm reproved, I turn. No hesitation. No delay. Turn. Because there's a fresh anointing. And his words will be made known. Turning constantly at his command. Never tired of turning. Never tired of turning. New wine must be poured into new wine skins. Look at Luke, Luke 5, 39. And no man puts new wine into old bottles. Else the new wine will burst the bottle and be spilled. And the bottle, people miss this, and the bottle will perish. But new wine must be poured into new skins. You must be new every day to have the new outpouring. If you turn, you become fresh and new. And you can contain the new outpouring. God wants to pour into us every single day. Listen. You got just a little bit. You have not seen. Your ear has not heard. Neither has it entered into your heart the thing God has in store for you. New. 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 Pour it out, Lord. Pour it out. Pour it out. Joan, pour it out. God, pour it out. I want it on my job. When I'm standing there cutting hair. (laughs) Get that Holy Ghost cut. (laughs) glory to God only new wineskins qualify you for new wine there must be a turning that causes the newness to come this is what qualifies you for new wine our craving for God is what qualifies us for fresh unction it's a craving for God that qualifies us that will pour and put into us Isaiah 59, 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west. Isaiah 59, 19, so shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemies shall come in like a flood, the spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. A fresh setting clears the way for your triumph. A fresh setting clears the way. 
for your triumph. A fresh setting. Number four, I think this is number four. The practice of righteousness provides anointing to silence the enemy and the avenger. Psalm 8 and 9. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. You see, our righteous practice or practice of righteousness will stop the enemy in his tracks. The enemy and the avenger. The enemy will have his way except you are open to new anointings. You must be open to new anointings. Number five. Number five. The practice of righteousness qualifies you for access to the mysteries. The, pri- the practice of righteousness qualifies you for access to the mysteries. Let me say this again. The practice of righteousness qualifies you for access to the mysteries. Mark 4, 11. And he said to them, Unto you is given known the mysteries of the gospel or the kingdom of God, but unto them that are without, all things are in parables. Stories. Stories. Revelation twenty two fifteen says this, For without are the dogs and sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whoever loveth and maketh a lie. So who are the dogs? What is this talking about? Because there are those that are without. Those that are without. The dogs, according to the Bible, are those that return to their vomit. Look at 2 Peter 2, 2 Peter 21 and 22. For it had been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than to, after they had known it, turn from the holy thing. As a matter of fact, it says, turn from the holy commandments delivered unto them. But it happened unto them, according to the true proverb, that the dog is turned again unto his own vomit, and the sow is washed in her own wallowing in mire. In other words, when we become the righteous of God, enforcing that righteousness gets us inside so that we're not dogs on the outside. Dogs return to their vomit. Does anybody see what I'm saying? When we return to unrighteous living, we have become the dogs. We're on the outside. If I practice true righteousness, I have been made at access to the mysteries. According to Luke 4.11, I can be inside. Unto you is given to know the mysteries. Unto those that are outside, it is mere stories. When you engage in habitual pollution, you become a dog. And a dog must be without. Now, I know some of you let your dogs in. I let my dogs in occasionally. But there are some people that don't, I mean, we ought not to. You know they're dogs. You do know where dogs actually belong, right? Some of them have made them family friends. I know they're living in your bed. But dogs belong outside. (laughs) See if I know what I'm talking about. So when we live in constant pollution, when we allow the pollution of unrighteousness in our life, we become the dogs returning to our vomit. And dogs are without. Outsiders cannot access revelation. Oh, man, I'm preaching so good. Outsiders cannot access revelation. If you are outside, you are only qualified to the stories. You're only qualified for the story. Everyone is qualified for the stories, but only the righteous are qualified for the mystery. You know, I love preaching here and go, wow, ooh, ah. I'm starting to hear that every time I preach. I love this. Y'all do that more often. Just keep it, oh, ah, ooh, ah, man, oh. (laughs) I mean, it's like eating, it's like when you eat a good steak. Oh, mmm, oh. (laughs) Isn't that great? I love that. When it's a good meal, you'll um and uh. Everyone's qualified for the stories, but only the righteous are qualified for the mysteries. And the mystery is what guarantees your mastery. 
See, you did it again. Oh, ah. <laughs> Only the mystery qualifies you for the mastery. When the devil came to Jesus, Jesus said to him, it is written. And the devil, the Bible says, leaveth him. You see, he had the mystery, and the devil could not overcome the mystery. He had the mastery through the mystery. It wasn't just stories. It is written. Somebody ought to say amen. The Bible is a bank of mysteries packaged in stories containing mysteries. The practice of righteousness qualifies you for access into the mysteries of the word. It is written. That's good, isn't it? The practice of righteousness. Number six. Is this six? What is seven? Six? The practice of righteousness engages you in superior thinking. The practice of righteousness engages you in superior. You see, every evil in our life begins as thought. Every evil in you begins as thought. Mark 7, 20 through 23. And he said, that which cometh out of man, out of a man, that defileth the man. For from within, out of the heart of men, proceed evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, thefts, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness, an evil eye, blasphemy, pride, foolishness. All these evil things come from within. And defile a man. Every evil begins with a thought. And the practice of righteousness engages you in superior thinking. So that you can overcome through superior thought. It requires a th- uh, everything. In other words, the thought that you have requires a counter thought. For you to uproot the thought. In order for you to uproot. You must have a counter thought. <coughs> and that thought must be a superior thought. An evil act proceeds out of evil thoughts. New thinking is required. Things must be rethought. The word repent in the original Greek means these three things. Listen, this is what it means repent. It means to rethink, review, and reappraise. I don't know if you ever knew that. Did you know that? Rethink. Review, reappraise. How about it? Every evil comes from a thought. We must rethink, review, and reappraise. How do we do that? Through the word. The God of this world has blinded the minds, He stops their thinking. So they can't have a new thought. No time to think. The prodigal became messed up before he could think. Can you see it? After our thoughts this morning, the prodigal became messed up because of his thinking. He didn't think. It wasn't until he came to himself. What a great message. He came to his appraisal, his review, his reappraisal, his rethinking. Can you see it? With superior thought. If I could just get, see, it wasn't until he had the rethinking, the review, and the reappraisal that he came to himself. When he came to himself through that, through repentance, true repentance came through his, his confession came out. Confession was brought by true repentance. He said, I'll go to my father and tell him. Oh, man. Before you are stripped of all your honor and glory, isn't it time to think? Number seven. The practice of righteousness causes us to have an overall well-being and is a function of our spiritual well-being. Let me put it this way. Your overall well-being is a function of your spiritual well-being. Your overall well-being is the function of your spiritual well-being. Your overall well-being is the function of your spiritual well-being. Here's the scripture, 3 John 2. 
Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Here it is. Even as. Your overall well-being is a function of your spiritual well-being. When your soul prospers, then your body and your spirit and your flesh can prosper. And your prosperity can come. Somebody say amen. Amen. God cannot bless a man beyond his spiritual stamina because it will destroy him. You'll never go further. You'll never be able to hold more than your soul prospers. You don't have an ammo clip big enough. Can you see it? This is the practice of righteousness. When I practice righteousness, Hebrews 12, 15 through 17 says, Looking diligently, lest any men fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness spring up and trouble you, and thereby defile you, lest there be any fornicator or profane person as Esau, who for a morsel of bread sold his birthright. For you know not what afterwards when you have inherited the blessing when he was rejected. For he found no place of repentance even though he sought it carefully. You cannot afford to sell out your future. Marrying a Muslim man. Or somebody that doesn't know the Lord. You can't sell your future out for a morsel. And even though he sought it with tears. When we make our choices, that's why the practice of righteousness, that's why he says, be not unequally yoked. I don't mean to shout, but I wanted to get across to you. When we start making business decisions, even though we seek it with tears, if I didn't start with a righteous thought first, our decisions must be garnered by the righteous practices. I will not settle for anything beneath the standard God placed. Woo! That's when you can come into prosperity because you won't settle for a standard of poverty. You won't settle for a standard of sickness. Cancer cannot remain in me. Hallelujah. Woo! My thoughts are superior. I now know his ways are higher than my ways. Yes, and I adopt his. Yes. <laughs> I adopt his. Even though he sought it carefully with you. Time was gone. He found no place of repentance. The practice of righteousness. You cannot afford to sell off your future to whatever. You must remember. Self-examination will always lead to self-discovery. And self-discovery will always lead to genuine repentance. And genuine repentance will always lead to full restoration. The prodigal came to a point of repentance when he came to himself. And he said, I'm no more worthy to be canceled, to be called, excuse me, thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. Proverb 28:13 says this. He that covers his sins shall not prosper. Proverbs 28, 13. This is what's so disturbing about the message that I hear taught today. People are going to churches, accepting Christ, and they have nothing more. They don't know the Bible. They don't know what it says. They, all they know is what the, what the relationship with the church is. They love their church, but they don't love their God. They have relationship with church. They'll meet the needs of the, they'll meet the obligations of the church, but they meet none of the obligations of the word. Your first love is to love your Lord, your God, with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind, and him only shalt thou serve. We don't love church. We love God. We are the church. We live the church. We live. It's disturbing to me that people are so deaf to God's word and blind to the things of God. And they don't know that he that covers sin shall not. People are dying in churches. 
They have no prosperity, no blessing, no relief, no outcome. They don't overcome anything. Their marriages fail. Their mess is going on because they don't turn towards God. They don't make the turn. They don't even know where to turn. Repent from sin, but there is no sin. How can you repent from no sin? (laughs) I'm preaching real, real good. I will stand upon my watch, and I will wait to see what the Lord will say unto me. And when he speaks, that's what God called me to do. I'm a watchman on a tower. Standing over Florence, speaking into the health of this, of this church and into your life. I'm calling you to a higher place. This is going to be the best year of your life. You have never experienced life like this. Life without limits. You're going to higher places. You're going further in God. You're going to live healthy, prosperous, and blessed. You're going into the best of God. Yes. But whoever confesses and forsakes... He shall have mercy. You see, confession, true confession, doesn't just bring forgiveness. It does. But true confession brings forgiveness and forsaking. They go together. True confession brings forgiveness and forsaking. He that forsakes. Whoso confesses and forsakes. True confession brings forgiveness and forsaking. And the prodigal did this. He confessed. His confession enabled him to forsake. (laughs) When he came to himself, he confessed. I'll go to my father and tell him. And when he did, the father received him. And he forsook the pig's slop. Confession truly given will bring a place of forsaking. And so he was able to forget, forsake. It is the enforcement of the reality of the finished work of God. Self-examination results in genuine confession, and genuine confession will empower you to forsake and to be free. Proverb 28, 13, he that covers, I just said that. This is the practice of righteousness. It is the application of grace. The seed of God will make you free from the pollution of the world. My last scripture tonight, Hebrews 12, 1. Wherefore, seeing, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses. Let us lay aside every weight and the sin that does so easily beset us. And let us run with patience the race set before us. Stand up on your feet. Hallelujah. Oh, y'all are getting some work. Hallelujah. Oh, glory, glory. Come on, let's praise him just before we go. Praise him. This is going to be your best year. This is going to be your best year. The promises of God are coming into your life. You're going to inherit the promises. You're going to walk in your inheritance. Oh, You're going to walk in that divine healing. Sickness is going to flee from you. Depression is going to run. Oh, rapapara nu shukona. Marriage is shall flourish.